Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Janet Hyens, the author of the marvelous new legal thriller, Wrongful Conviction, which is being released tomorrow. Janet, welcome. Hello, Steve. How are you? I am terrific. Did I pronounce your name right? Because it's spelled H-E-I-J-E-N-S. Yes, it's a challenge, but you did very, very well. (laughs) Okay, terrific. And you are in Sarasota? I am, yes. Which is right up the road from me, right up the road being like 90... 90 miles up the road. So we, we both live in southwest Florida, and we're both suffering through what has been an extraordinary period of rain over the last several days. Very true. So you've written this book. It is your first book. It's a legal thriller. Walk us through sort of the setup for the book, if you would. There is a man in jail, an African-American man named Leland Booker, who's um, serving a life sentence for killing his white wife, and their two children. And um, a young law student out of New York learns of this case and decides he's going to take it on as a project. So the law student's name is Adam Bennett, and Adam is uh, working very hard to learn all the information he can about the time of the murders, which, of course, was 40 years prior. And he tracks down a friend of the family who is a lady named Jean Jankowski. And Jean's living a very um, safe and controlled life as a high school teacher and really doesn't want to get dragged into this. But, of course, there would be no story if she didn't get dragged into it. So Adam eventually convinces Jean to help him by spinning the story of really what happened all those years ago and um, in return, he coaches her on the legal approach um, to getting a person freed on the basis of determining that the trial was um, that cul- culminated in a wrongful conviction. So you get a bit of legal background and you get a little bit of amateur sleuthing all wrapped up in one in this book. Tell us a little bit about Jean, because she's going to be your series character, and I I think Adam probably is going to come along in future books as well. But Jean's an interesting character, because she is this woman who wants to have this safe, controlled life, but there's more to her than initially meets the eye. Well, there is, and she, she is a controlling character. She tries to control the investigation, and eventually people begin to suspect that that's because she knows more than she's saying. And um, I, I, Kirkus described her, described Jean as being both gritty and reflective, which I, I really liked because mm-hmm. I think that probably sums her up in, in a really uh, short sentence. It is. And, and I had written down surprisingly tough and thoughtful because she doesn't initially, when we're introduced to her, she doesn't seem like that kind of a person, but but there's a certain resolve to her uh, that's that comes out as as the book goes on. So she's one of those characters that we want to learn more about, and that's what keeps us turning the pages. Um, first off, this is a fascinating story, and and the way that you tell the story, I think, is perfect for this particular story, where uh, Jean is a woman in New Jersey, and she's she just knew the family, but she was the babysitter. And so she and Adam 
they're working on two tracks, or the story is told in two tracks. It's told in the present time and in the past, with Gene sort of narrating what happened to Adam. So the story unfolds to us on on different levels, and it's so beautifully done that there really there is no place in the story where you just think, oh, I'm going to go put the book down and go eat a bowl of ice cream or something. You just want to keep turning the pages until you get to the end and figure out what the heck happened. Oh, I'm so glad. That is very flattering of you, Steve. Thank you very much. I, you know, I, the characters sometimes take over. And I didn't really even know where this story was going when I sat down and started to write it. I had an idea for it, um, as most good murder mysteries um, are often found in the newspapers. You know, I, I caught an article in the newspaper several years ago about a man that had been um, most of his life behind bars on a wrongful conviction. And in that case, he was, um, he was a farm worker and had been convicted of poisoning his seven children. So I, and, and lo and behold, they discovered that there were problems with the case and he is an innocent man. So that started me going. And, and I, I wanted to make sure that the reader could relate to the victims, which is not often done in murder mysteries. You know, usually the mystery is who did it, um, and you don't get to know who the victims are. But in this case, I really wanted to somehow do that. And I thought mm-hmm. the, the flashbacks, you know, the, the past and the present was probably the only way I could go about doing that. All right. You, you've described the writing style and... and- the choices that you've made, which which were interesting, and as I said, at least for me, really kept the pages turning, and I, I thought it was exactly the right choice. And now I learned that this is your first book, which I find extraordinary. Um, how do you how do you write a book like this as a first effort? Oh my, I, I don't know. I I I spent um, my first career in business. Um, I've always been an avid reader. And um, along the way, you know, through the years, you meet lots and lots of interesting people. So characters are always bouncing around in your head. At least they are in my head. And, and possibly the characters come first. And then, as I said, you know, I was inspired by this story I saw. And coincidentally, when I started writing this story, my son was in his third year of law school up in New York. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little bit of a built-in consultant. Um, and, and I guess the pieces just came together, but hand on heart, the characters take over the story. I had a completely different story in mind when I sat down to write this. And I've heard other writers tell me that sometimes that happens, and it's, it's really exactly what happened to me on this particular novel. When you started writing it, did you see it as the first in a series? I don't know that I knew that. You know, uh, the... There's uh, another manuscript. I think we all, all of us, have at least one manuscript on the shelf that will never see the light of day because we would rather die than expose it. <laughs> but I did start um, practicing, um, trying my hand at writing after I retired from my other career. And, um, and I, I somehow that wasn't working, and I thought maybe mysteries, because I love mysteries. So I just... Um, I was fumbling around, perhaps, but I, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it came out. I mean, there are, there are things, there are techniques that readers m- may or may not catch, but, but things like uh, 
different levels of cliffhanger endings to the ends of scenes and chapters and things like that 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 all just flowed through th- flowed through so naturally in the book. How many drafts did it take you to get all of that right? Ah, uh, well, you're not going to believe this, but it was really just one. Um, the, the way I write, I, when I started writing, I, you know, didn't, as I said, I didn't really know what I was doing, but mm-hmm. desperately wanted to write. It's one of those things that it's, I felt it's always been in me. And so, um, I took a, a, you know, an adult ed writing, write your first novel class. Uh-huh. And in, in that class, I met a group of incredibly talented people. And we continue to this day, we continue to meet as a critique group. And um, we just, I, I, I really, I've made corrections, but mm-hmm. I have to say this was really just straight through, head down, straight through. And with input from the critique group, really, that was the only input that I got. It just, um, it worked. That's extraordinary. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. So you're being published by Five Star. Um, I I have, for some reason or other, I find every Five Star mystery that I read to be compelling and just really good. So when I I learned that your book was from Five Star, I I was looking forward to reading it even more, and you you certainly delivered. But you're a first-time published author. Mm -hmm. What about this process for you has been surprising? Oh my! I, I guess it's all been surprising. I I went to a Mystery Writers of America convention, you know, Sleuth Fest, which I know you've been to, Steve. Yes. And um, another marvelous organization, by the way. And they offered a pitch sessions. Mm-hmm. It felt to me like what I would imagine speed dating must be like. <laughs> did you actually do it? Did you do the pitch session? I did. I did. And explain so, explain to listeners what's that what that is like because it just has to be harrowing. <laughs> I have helped people prepare for those before and uh, they're terrified even just practicing their pitches. I can't imagine what it must be like for them going up and making the pitches. Oh Steve, I wish I knew you then. <laughs> um, in advance of the conference, the organization puts out a list of um, both editors from publishers and agents, literary agents, and you can sign up to, I believe they gave, give you 10 minutes, and they're not kidding when they say 10 minutes. There's a monitor. You're given an appointed time. You can choose the person that you would like to sit down with. Um, you show up, and it's everybody's in one big room. Like I said, it kind of reminded me of what I think speed dating would be like. Now, you've mentioned that twice, so do you have some history with with no, speed dating? No, just from watching movies and such, you know. So so everybody's sitting at small tables, really small tables, and you sit down, and there's a monitor who's running around that gives you, like, the one-minute warning, you know, after your <laughs> uh-huh. nine minutes have gone by. And um, I have to say, I chose Five Star mm-hmm. because I, I did a bit of research. They are a publishing house that welcomes first-time writers. Obviously, they like mysteries, or I wouldn't have gone to them. And um, I just thought it'd be a really good fit. They're also very strong with libraries, and I'm a yes. huge supporter of libraries. So, so I sat down, and sh- the editor was highly prepared. She'd probably been through about 50 of these before I saw her. Mm-hmm. And she asked me 
certain questions, and I, I must have had the correct answers to those questions. She wanted to know, you know, the genre and the length, how many words. And I, I think they're looking for a fit, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so the 10 minutes flew by, and I, I walked out of there, and I think the words were ringing in my head that she wanted me to email her the full manuscript. Or, no, I beg your pardon. She wanted to see, like, the first 10 pages. So that's how it started, and then the 10 pages went out, and then I got a request for the whole manuscript, and then I got a contract, and before you know it, you know, they gave me editors to help work on cleaning things up, and um, and here we go. All right, so when you did this, you were in a... There are a lot of people doing it at roughly the same time. A lot of people signed up to do this. Um, Did you communicate with some of those people afterwards? Because most people, it it doesn't happen the way it happened for you. Most people go make their pitch. Uh, Maybe they're asked to send the first 10 pages, and then they get the, "Ah, sorry, this is not for us, email response. You didn't get that. I I did not. And, you know, um, it's funny you say that, because only last month I went to another uh, uh, Southwest Florida Mystery Writers of America monthly meeting. And um, I didn't follow up with anybody else. I kind of was under the impression that everybody had the same experience that I did. But, um, I'm sitting down, you know, having lunch with some really wonderful writers, and I, we're talking about this, and they all looked at me like, no, this doesn't happen. <laughs> it was what happened to you. It's not what happened to most people. Did, did you then begin to feel like, wow, I must have done something really right or something with, with the pitch? Um, and most people don't even get the chance to email something other than, yeah, email us, and then they don't ever, ever hear back. I know. I, uh, um, I, what, I what did you do to make, to make your pitch so good? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly remember those 10 minutes. Um, I, again, you know, the editor was really organized, and I think she was focused on looking for something in particular. So that mm-hmm. the topic, there were a couple of factors, perhaps. The topic um, of a, an African-American man being in jail. She asked me, why is he in jail if he's not guilty? And I said, well, um, maybe there was some racial bias in on the part of the justice system. And she said, oh, that's interesting. And then she said to me, you know, again, she wanted to know the length. She wanted to know some of the statistics. But then she said, well, legal thrillers are hot right now. <laughs> so, again, perhaps it was just the genre, the topic. Um, she did all of this without looking at a word that I had written. So clearly she was looking for something specific, and I fit, I fit the mold. That's interesting. And, and luck plays a part in, in, in anything. And uh, as you and I are roughly the same age, and, and we, we both spent the majority of our careers in business, and while we would like to think that we were brilliant in everything that happened, uh, there's a lot of luck that's involved. Yeah, absolutely true. In everything, Steve, you're absolutely right. Janet, what's the best way for people to keep up with you and this series? The one way would be to check my website. Okay. It's JanetHyens.com, all one word, J-A-N-E-T-H-E-I-J-E-N-S.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my Facebook page, Janet Hyens. And uh, my email address is Janet.Hyens at gmail.com. And I will link to all of that in the show notes. Your book's coming out tomorrow. Where can people find it? 
They can find it on all of the websites that all of the usual places, uh, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, Indie Books. They could also go to the big box stores. And while it might not necessarily be in stock right away, um, certainly will be available to order through the box stores. And another place, because this is a five-star book, is your local library. So if you don't see it, you can ask them for a copy and they will get you one. That's absolutely correct. That's how I've discovered a lot of five-star books, just at the library. I see them, and I go, oh, that looks interesting. And uh, you're right. They do a fabulous job of getting the work into libraries, which is not easy these days. No, that's very true. Janet, thank you so much. This has been fun today. Yes, it's been a pleasure, Steve. Thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing you at that next meeting down in Fort Myers. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm, where you'll also find show notes for this episode with links to everything we mentioned. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Those help other readers find great new books like Wrongful Conviction from Janet Hyens. Thanks for listening.